And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Keeping track of way too many big name injuries on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Everybody, welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 here at The Athletic. I am Michael Beller, joined as always by Derek Van Riper on this Thursday, kicking off Week 8 action. DVR, how you doing? Doing well. Looking forward to another great slate of games. Yes, yeah, is uh, another one that's shaping up to be very fun. Steelers involved in another marquee game. Last week it was Steelers-Titans and the Steelers winning that game, making themselves or uh, keeping themselves the only undefeated team in the NFL. And, and now this week, Steelers and Ravens getting together in an AFC North clash, the highlight of what is another great slate in Week 8. It kicks off tonight, as I said, Falcons and Panthers. But one thing that is too common a theme of, of this Week 8 slate are injuries. That's true in the NFL, and we don't want to minimize anyone's injury, no matter if they are a superstar or the 53rd guy on the roster. But in the fantasy world, those superstar injuries are really starting to mount up, and that's where we're going to focus on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. It starts as it has to all too often this season with Michael Thomas. Again, not practicing on Wednesday. They are talking up the hamstring that kept him out last week, and they are still listing the ankle that he has been dealing with basically all season uh, as uh, something that is complicating issues for him this week. Saints go to Chicago to take on the Bears in Week 8. Derek, let's spin it forward to Sunday. We are living in a world where Michael Thomas isn't playing. What's your confidence level in the rest of the Saints receivers stepping up against that Bears secondary? It's not particularly high, but I think the way they distributed the targets in Week 7 maybe gives you some hope that Marquez Callaway can be productive again. He had 27.8% of the targets in the Saints offense with both Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders out for that game against the Panthers, with the same potentially being true against the Bears. I would expect some kind of similar split where it's Elvin Kamara and Callaway sort of leading the way, and then Traquan Smith, Jared Cook kind of working as the next couple of options. The gap could be a little smaller in the matchup against the Bears than it was against Carolina, but I think this is still an offense that sustains probably three, maybe four pass catchers on a week-to-week basis, even with Thomas and Sanders out. Yeah, I, you know, I totally agree with you. We saw it last week. You saw, as you mentioned, Marquez Callaway, 27.8% of those targets, 75 yards in that game. Deontay Harris, meanwhile, had fewer targets but found the end zone. So this is still a passing game that is going to go out and support plenty of pass catchers. Um, Jared Cook also got in the end zone in that game. No touchdown for Alvin Kamara, but, what, 150, 160 yards from scrimmage. So even without guys like Michael Thomas, the big one, Emmanuel Sanders, the lesser one, this offense can still get up and down the field. Bears have been great against the pass, not so great against the run. We saw that in action again last week against the Rams, getting gashed by Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown, but doing a decent enough job 
uh, against the pass where you would think maybe we get a heavier uh, Alvin Kamara run game, maybe a little bit more involvement for Latavius Murray, but still this Saints offense can't support those pass catchers. So, you know, you're not uh, bumping them up to wide receiver one status, but I don't think you're going to have to hold your nose and drop Marquez Callaway, Traquan Smith, guys like that into your lineup if ultimately that's what it comes to for you this week. On the other side of that game, Allen Robinson is in concussion protocol, and you know, this is truly a protocol. It's not just a word that we use, so there are certain benchmarks that you have to hit to be cleared to play in your team's next game, and of course, Allen Robinson is a day behind schedule considering the Bears played on Monday Night Football in Week 7, so that already, right away, makes this a dicey spot for him and for his fantasy managers. Uh, if Allen Robinson is unable to go against the Saints on Sunday. How do we feel about Anthony Miller and perhaps everyone's uh, newest favorite Twitter obsession, Darnell Mooney? I mean, Mooney has had the same target share or a larger target share than Anthony Miller in every game since week one. So <laughs> the, the mm. interest is justified based on usage, even if the efficiency hasn't really been there for Mooney. I'm, I'm actually more interested in Miller of the two. Uh, I wonder if it continues to keep... Jimmy Graham sort of a float too because Allen Robinson when healthy gets like 25% of the targets in this offense he's a target monster and for good reason so even if you kind of take that 25% share and split it over the next three guys that kind of elevates all of them from being fringy at their respective positions to being much more startable I think in the case of Graham probably still outside the top 10 among tight ends mm -hmm. in the case of someone like Miller or Mooney they go from bench guys to either wide receiver threes or low-end flex options in deeper formats so a little bump for those guys I think if Robinson can't go yeah you know the I would be just really worried about the entire structure of the Bears offense without Allen Robinson this is an offense that already struggles to move the ball with one of the best receivers in the league out there on the field if you take Allen Robinson out of the equation for the Bears then things uh, could get really ugly in fact we really saw that play out last week even though Allen Robinson was out there all game he suffered that concussion on the team's second to last possession so it's not like they were playing without him and he was not being shadowed by Jalen Ramsey but Nick Foles treated it as though he was just four targets in that game for Allen Robinson, two of which came when the game was basically out of hand. Two targets in the first in the fourth quarter, two in the first three quarters, and we all saw what the Bears offense did in those first three quarters, totally unable to move the ball. So that would have me a little bit concerned just about what the floor and ceiling is for the Bears offense against the Saints. Darnell Mooney, I think, is a nice boomer bust play if you need it, and with four teams on by this week and all the injuries, perhaps you do need it. Perhaps you need to shoot for some upside. I could see Mooney being that guy we've all seen some of the highlights uh, just from that Rams game but even if you go back a few games for the Bears of him getting open deep behind defenses and Nick Foles unable to hook up with him so maybe they can hit on one of those and he becomes that boomer bust guy I do think Jimmy Graham is somewhat interesting at the tight end position this week because of the fact that he would now be the unquestioned go-to red zone weapon especially inside the 10-yard line for the Bears if Allen Robinson isn't able to go and we talk so much about the glut of tight ends who are basically pray for a touchdown guys Jimmy Graham is in that group you take Allen Robinson out of the equation for the Bears and that prayer for a touchdown I think has a better chance of being answered so that's where we stand with Allen Robinson big game in the NFC North between the Packers and the Vikings this weekend and normally we'd be excited about superstar Aaron Jones on one side superstar Dalvin Cook on the other there's a chance though Derek that we're not going to see either of these running backs Aaron Jones looks a little bit more dicey so we'll start with him still dealing with the calf injury that kept him out 
Last week, Jamal Williams did a great job filling in for him, scored a touchdown late, gave you uh, basically running back one numbers. Got to imagine that if you fired Jamal Williams up last week, Aaron Jones is unable to go this week. You're very comfortable firing Jamal Williams right back up for this game with the Vikings. Yeah, it's a good matchup, and it's a situation where Jamal Williams should get to 15 touches pretty easily with room for 20. And I think the 20 happens that the Packers are sort of protecting a lead throughout the 15 scenario maybe plays out if they are playing a little catch-up. But Williams has a role in the passing game. He was targeted five times last week against Houston. Four catches for 37 yards on top of the 19 carries for 77 yards. So um, easily a guy that should be in lineups given this matchup, given his role, if Jones can't go this week. Yeah, and A.J. Dillon really didn't do much at all of anything in that game last week for the Packers. So this basically becomes Jamal Williams taking over the Aaron Jones role essentially in full. That is someone who you definitely want in your lineup. On the other side, Dalvin Cook did get in a limited practice on Wednesday. Remember, this was a team that is coming off of a bye. Uh, Dalvin Cook suffered the injury, the groin injury, back in week six. And at the time, the team was hopeful that they could sit him down for one game give him the bye, and then he would be able to return. He'll be three weeks removed from the injury on Sunday. So uh, it is looking decent, at least as we sit here on Wednesday, but certainly no sure thing. Alexander Madison, a lot of people in the fantasy world thought he was a sure thing filling in for Dalvin Cook in the one game that he did get. That was not the case at all. 10 carries for 26 yards in that game. Still, even though we got a little bit burned by him, I feel like if he is the starter for Minnesota, he pretty much has to be in your lineups. Yeah, you want to go back to that well. I mean, in most cases, you're looking at probably a top 20 running back with ease. The Packers have leaked points to opposing running backs all season long, so I think the volume's going to be there. Despite the disappointing effort from Madison in week six, he'll be a good DFS play and a decent season-long play as well if Cook has to sit out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 
All right, Dalvin Cook, not the only running back looking to come back after missing one game. Miles Sanders trying to do the same this week. Doug Peterson is calling him day-to-day. He did not practice on Wednesday. Remember, the original timetable on this was one to two weeks, so definitely possible that we see Miles Sanders back out there on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys Sunday night football. Gotta love that, NBC. Probably want to flex Pittsburgh and Baltimore into that game. Not going to happen, but hey, we got Eagles, we got Cowboys, we got Sunday night football. If we don't have Miles Sanders, would you want to have Boston Scott? Yeah, I mean, I think the situation for Boston Scott is pretty consistent from week to week. I don't think he's going to be a very efficient runner in most matchups because he's getting so much of the volume, because he does catch passes, he's not going to get pushed out by the game script. I just think he's really touchdown dependent, and I think Mm -hmm. the matchup against Dallas is pretty comparable to the matchup he had last time out against the Giants. If you're looking for... 80 yards from scrimmage is the floor with a handful of catches. I think that's more or less what you're going to get, and you're going to be really happy if he scores. You're going to be a little less happy if he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, that's what we saw play out last week, right? It was a pretty ho-hum game where you had you were pretty disappointed if you had him in your lineup, and then he catches that, what, like 20-yard touchdown pass or so from Carson Wentz, uh, the, the, the touchdown that put the Eagles over the top to beat the Giants, and then suddenly what went from a meh game turned into a very nice game, 92 yards from scrimmage, three catches, and the touchdown. So I agree with you. You're going to get a decent amount of touches. He's going to turn that into a fine amount of yards, but you're really going to need the touchdown to put you over the top. You're not going to get, you know, 140, 150 yards from scrimmage. It's the touchdown that is going to make Boston Scott the sort of play that ends up giving you RB2 numbers. Joe Mixon still not practicing for the Bengals. He has that foot injury that kept him out last week. Giovanni Bernard, no, we sort of sound like a broken record with all the guys we're going back to here, but probably a slam dunk play if Joe Mixon is out again. And I think he's got a little bit higher of a ceiling than Boston Scott. It feels like he's the sort of guy who can get there with yards alone, doesn't necessarily need the touchdown to get there against a Tennessee defense that really isn't anything special this season, or at least has hasn't been to this point. I think the appeal for me with Bernard is that the Titans end up in higher scoring games than we expected. The back and forth nature of that could just lead to more touches. I think the problem I have with Bernard comes in some of the numbers, like broken tackle percentage and yards after contact. He's just not good after contact. Uh, Very dependent upon having that role in the passing game, and much like Boston Scott, needs to score, really. I, I don't think you're going to get a, a massive yardage performance. If he got more than 80 yards from scrimmage, it's probably because he broke a big play. I don't think he necessarily has that extra gear at this stage of his career either. So I'm a little lower on Bernard than you are, but I think he fits right back into this conversation. You know what the backs we're talking about? I prefer Madison over Boston Scott, mm-hmm. and I think I like Boston Scott just a little bit more than Gio Bernard, but all three are very viable options yet again in season-long leagues. Yeah, if their regular starters are out, all of those understudies are definitely worth playing in fantasy leagues pretty much across the board. Uh, We can even go as shallow as 10 teamers with two backs, three receivers, and a flex. You're going to want to play these guys. They're all going to rate at least going into the week as top 20, top 24 backs at the worst. Even though I'm lower on Boston Scott, he's someone who I would still be looking to start if Miles Sanders is unable to go. Uh, Deontay Johnson dealing with toe and ankle injuries. Guy can't stay healthy, but when he does stay healthy, He does a whole lot for you and for the Steelers. Let's say they're all out there. They're all being the top three receivers for the Steelers. Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Chase Claypool. Rank how you would want to play them in fantasy leagues this week. 
I've been wrong about Johnson. At least I've underestimated him for most of the season. But one thing that really jumps off the page for me is that he's had a 30% target share three times already this season. And I think there's a few games that he was playing hurt or left early with an injury. So there's a chance that he would have had that even more than he has had he been completely healthy to this point. I'm at Johnson 1, Juju 2, Claypool 3. I think that's the current standing. I think this is an offense that can sustain three pass catchers most weeks pretty easily. But uh, I think part of that's going to be a game script where you get plenty of offense on both sides too, right? If the Steelers are protecting a lead, they're going to run the ball a lot. This doesn't shape up to be one of those types of matchups. Even though it's a difficult matchup against the Ravens, I think they're going to be in a situation where they have to throw and try to keep pace with Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense. That bodes well for that entire trio even though I think Johnson has moved to the point where I do think he's their best option in the passing game. Agree with you exactly on the order. Johnson one, Juju two, Chase Claypool three. And the thing I feel best about in that ranking is that Johnson has proved himself the number one guy, both in terms of, I think, skill and in terms of uh, connection with Ben Roethlisberger. You look at the way that he was targeted against the Titans last week. Ben Roethlisberger told you exactly how he's ranking the receivers in his head. So something to keep in mind should Deontay Johnson be able to go. We're going to wrap this episode up on a good note. Both Tevin Coleman and Dallas Goddard have been designated to return from IR, so we could see both of them as soon as this week feels a little bit more likely for Coleman than it does for Goddard, but both of those injured guys who are very fantasy relevant making their way back to the field. That's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. We will be right back here with you tomorrow to wrap up the week. Until then, thanks for listening and enjoy the game tonight.